Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Y'all do a selfie. When's the last time we did a selfie in church? And listen, in some, in some of you guys right now that are at home and you're, and you're worshiping with us today, today, please take a selfie of you in front of your TV or your computer or however you're doing with your family and just, put, just say, look, I'm at the building in spirit. Amen. Praise God. I'm in the building. Praise God. So is everybody doing okay? Is everybody doing all right? Yes, yes, no, yes. I, 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 got, I got to get off subject here, and please forgive me for my Espanol, uh, but I just really feel in my spirit this last week, and especially this morning, as I'm listening to the Lord speak to us, um, and even in the worship, the last song that we sang is about, I'm caught up in your presence. You guys, you guys listen to that song, it's so beautiful, it's a beautiful song, I love it. But there's a part in that song where it says, God, you don't owe me anything. You don't owe me anything. But you know, to be honest, there's just something we want from God. Amen? But the, we've, getting, we've gotten so clouded in our, in our lives that we're looking at stuff like, I need jobs, I need stimulus checks, I need... It, sorry, I, I need, I need to pay rent. I need to do this. I need this. I need that. I need that. No, no, no. What we really need is the presence of God. And God, we don't need anything, but really what I do need is your presence. I need your presence. And see, because of the lack of presence, listen to me very carefully. Because of the lack of presence of God, we end up becoming... Um, uh, what is it? Isolated. And when we get isolated, you guys, you know, that's a word because when you're sick, the first thing you want to do is, if you feel right now, if you, if, if you go home and you, you get a fever, the first thing they want you to do is what? Isolate. And right now, everything's isolated. They don't want you here. They don't want you there. And see, what happens is when we leave the presence of God, I'm, I'm just trying to tell you, I just, just want you guys to understand something. Without the church, we ended up being a, a godless body. I'm sorry, a headless body. Do you get what I'm saying? I said it like that for a reason. Because so many people always want to acknowledge God because Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church, but every head has to have a body. Are you catching this? A body without a head is a, is a body that's headless, decapitated. And we like to, in our, in our, our religion, our religiosity, we want to just separate the head and not do anything with the body. And because we are the body and we're now away from the head, we become isolated. And because we're isolated, we get subject to things, things like fear and anxiety, and depression, and suicide. It's at an all-time high. It's taken a year of this whole sickness and COVID, Covisha, and I don't know what you call it, all this stuff that's happened in a year. Now they're starting to look at, oh, mental health has been a problem. We've been saying it for, for a year. The church needs to be here. We need to become the church, but we also need to be in the church. We need to be a body fitly joined together. I'm preaching to the choir. I know I am, but there's people that, that are listening that, that, that don't understand. And I, I understand fears. I understand, you know, your concerns. I understand that. Trust me. But at the end of the day, you cannot be isolated. We have to be stay together. Amen. Praise God. I'm, I'm hearing it as a pastor. That's all I'm hearing. I'm watching on the news. There's our children. There's, there's people that are, are, are committing suicide or they're in, in, dep they're in depression and, and, and 
They, they don't know what to do about it. And, and you wonder, it's like, dude, I've been praying. I've been praying for God. I'm praying for God. But God said, I've created a body to help you out during these times. If my, if my, if my hand, right hand, is, 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 is hurt, my left hand will come and help my right hand. You guys understand that? If I kick you in your shin, you, your hand is going to come and massage whatever hurts. You guys get what I'm saying? But if there's no body, there's no parts of your body to come to your rescue, your body yourself you guys understand what I'm saying and what's happening with us as a people and the people of God we have literally gotten so afraid we are so accustomed to fear that we just we out here we just out here but God wants to bless us God wants to make sure that we want to be stay a a part of the body. Amen. Amen. And stop walking around in fear. Be courageous. Yeah. Isn't that what the word says? Yeah. He instructed us to be courageous. You know why? You, you can't be courageous. You, you can't have courage unless there's fear present. Right. Right. It's something. Look, I'm afraid. Let's be honest. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the coronavirus. I'm afraid of, of uh, cardiomyopathy. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of having another stroke. My third stroke, praise God, it'll never happen. But I, I, I am afraid of it. But God said, be courageous. What am I going to do? Am I going to walk around in fear or am I going to walk around in faith? I'm tired. I'm just tired of fear. God, God knew it. I don't know how many times he said, have courage. Be of good courage. Have I not told you? That I'm with you. Praise God. Amen. All right. I got off the soapbox. So I need you guys to help me out today. Amen. We are starting a series from the book called The Blessed Life. Yes, I'm excited about it. Estamos comenzando una serie llamada La Vida Bandida. And that's from uh, Pastor Robert Morris of Gateway Community Church. And in this series, I, I uh, verdad, in esta serie, that will change your life, tu vida. It'll change your marriage, tu matrimonio, your family, tu familia, uh, your health, tu sal sal salud. It, you change your relationship, tu relación, your, your job, tu trabajo. Does anybody need a new job? Praise God. Amen. Yes. It will change your life. Cambiara tu vida. Se llama un vida bandita, no una cuenta bancaria bendita. What did that mean? It means this series is called The Blessed Life, not a blessed bank account. Don't get it twisted. Pon eso en tu mente. Or get it in your, in your head. Uh, pone eso en tu cabeza. So I want, to, I want us all to be blessed. Quiero que todos nosotros seamos bendecidos. But I want us all to be blessed. Pero quiero que todos nosotros seamos bendecidos so that we can be a blessing. How many people want to be a blessing? Who wants to be blessed? Okay, quieres ser bendecido? Adios. Bye. I want to be blessed. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. You get it? Look up on the screen if you don't have your book, our Bibles. And it reads, judge not that you be not judged. Porque con el juicio con que juguese, juguese, gracias. For what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Judge not that you not be judged, for with that judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Now, let me ask you real quick, just, just as you're looking at the scripture, 
let me ask you this, all right? Is there the word money in the scripture? Es la palabra dinero en esta escritura or en el texto. No, you don't see money in there. Amen. Now turn with me to Luke 6, 37 and 38. Now before I read it, do me a favor and repeat. Repeat this. Judge not that you not be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. All right, let's, let's read. Luke 6 and 37. Judge not and you shall not be judged. We'll just stop right there. Judge not and you shall not be judged. How many people like to get judged? How many people have judged other people? Okay, now let's look at, 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 at the last sentence of 38. I'll, we'll, we'll get it all. I'll put it all together. So there's part 38. Let's read this part. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, this is a parallel message or passage, but I want you to look at the verse in the middle so that we can put all this into the right context before we start telling people, don't judge me and and all this other stuff. And then are we looking? We're looking for money because you, you guys know where I'm going. Let's read the whole scripture, Luke 6, 37 through 38. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom for the same measure that you use it. It will be measured back to you again. Amen. Now, I want you to pay a close attention to this text. The word money isn't in either one of these texts. Can I get an amen? Yeah. La palabra de nero no está aquí. But most of the time we hear Luke 6.38, we think about what? Money. If we are honest, most of the time we hear the word give, we think about money. If you've been getting those phone calls and people asking you for something, they always want you to give something. Now, if I were to ask you right now, how often do I and other pastors preach about giving? How often? If you, if you actually got them, well, Pastor, actually, I could ask Joe. Joe would tell you, <laughs> Joe Tober would tell you exactly, well, there was at least five times uh, this week. Joe's the stat guy. Joe's the stat guy. The real question should be this, you guys. Listen. The real question is this. How often do we preach about giving money? Saints, let's just be honest about it. We preach about giving all the time, but we don't preach about giving money often. I can't preach about giving without preaching about grace. Did you not catch that? We always preach about giving. John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he, that's giving. I can't preach on marriage without talking about giving. And marriage won't work unless two people give to each other. You guys with me? We always talk about giving. Listen, we're not just talking about finances today. We're talking about a a principle of God that applies everywhere in every part of our lives. We have to understand that giving is about the heart. And by the way, that's the title of today's message. Todo se trata del corazón. It's about, it's all about the heart. Let's look at the scripture in Luke 12, 34. Jesus said this. For where your treasure is, donde está tu tesoro, there your heart will be also. Tu corazón también lo será. Some of y'all might be saying right now, because pastors up here, that, man, you know, pastors only, you know, they just after money. They just after my money. Let me help you guys out. I'm going to help you guys. Honestly, I'm going to help you out. God is after your money. 
God is after your money, not the church. The church is not after your money. And God is after your money because really he's after your heart. I'm going to let this sink in, especially during these times, because guess what? When we want a stimulus check, can we be honest? Can we be honest? How many people want that stimulus check? We've already sat down and talked about, you know, right now we think this week, this week already we're talking about, man, look, I'm I'm not for that stimulus check. It's going to hurt, you know, the the country. But if you're going to give it to me, I'm going to spend it. But God is after your money because he's after your heart. And do you know what? Your heart is connected to your wallet. Man, I ain't got my wallet on me right now. Your heart is connected to your wallet. Let me prove it to you. If God can get your wallet, then he can get your heart. I'm not the one that said it. You guys hear me? If God can get your wallet, he can then get your heart. Jesus is the one that said it. Trust me. This is what he said. This is what Jesus said. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Oh, yeah, I'm getting deep with you guys now because, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also? Your heart follows your treasure. Your heart will follow your treasure. If you put money into a stock and you invest in that company, watch watch this. You start to check up on it every day. You don't care. You didn't care about that stock before, but once you invested, once you put your money into it, then you started checking on it. And once things started going good, then guess what? Your heart starts following. Your treasure went there first. Your heart went after. If you want your heart in the kingdom of God, put your treasure in the kingdom of God. It's a heart issue. I'm going to get deep into it because I know a lot of people are like, well, I just don't even understand this, you know, this whole thing what you're saying. But if you want to put your treasure, whatever's important to you, whatever... Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying, I'm trying. What, you know, right now everybody's looking at Bitcoin. Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bit something, that's cyber money. I don't know even know what it is. I had no idea what it is. My wife was in, she did finance and stocks. She worked with stock stuff and finance and all this stuff, but I don't know what it is, but I do know one thing that people right now want to make money. And they're looking at the Bitcoin and all this other stuff, and they're putting their treasure into Bitcoin. And now that Bitcoin or whatever it's called is going up, all of a sudden, life changes for them because now they're more concerned with what their, 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 uh, their finances are because the money's starting to count. I, I, I spent $10, and now it's worth $100, and now I'm going to start investing more into it because I'm investing more of my treasure in there. Now my heart's gone there also because I don't need to work, worry about anything else because I put money into it, and now that my money's there, my heart's going to go there too. My wife, oh, getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Hopefully men nowadays, when they want to go out with a young lady, they, they, they go out with her, but you know, like every once in a while, I'm going to, I'll, I'll buy something for her. I'll buy something. You're putting your treasure there, but then eventually you put your heart in it too. Okay, okay. Looking at our scripture, our subject isn't money. It isn't money. Our subject really deals with judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. That's what the scripture says. And here's what people really don't want to hear about if you give. Listen, if you give judgment, you will get judgment. Can I get amen? If you give condemnation, you're going to get condemnation. 
If you give forgiveness, you're going to get forgiveness. Come on, you guys hear me? And if, you, if, you're giving con, if you're giving judgment, if you're giving condemnation, and you're giving unforgiveness, then guess what else you're going to get? You're going to get it good measured, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men come and give into your bosom. This scripture in context, somebody say context. This scripture in context is talking about judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. Now, you can apply the same principle in every area of your life because it's a principle of God. When you sow a seed, you don't get one seed back. You sow a seed, the principle of giving, you sow a seed, and eventually, guess what? If you, you plant one apple seed, you'll get a tree with a bunch of apples that has a whole bunch of seeds in an apple. Get it? So whatever you're giving, you're going to get back more. That's how God is. He always gives back more. God always. Can I say always? God always gives back more. Sometimes we're, this is what we don't like as, as Christians. When we start giving bad stuff to people and we start reaping what we've sown, we want to blame God. But the scripture says, when you give, you're going to get. So if I, God says to stop being unforgiving and, and, and start giving some forgiveness. Because, you know, a lot of times there's people nowadays that really want to walk around with an unforgiving, uh, unforgiving heart. You guys with me? Unforgiving heart. So then all of a sudden, now you, you're always people looking at you the same way. It's like, why? You know, I make mistakes. Why don't you just forgive me? Well, have you forgiven any one person? And all of a sudden, you got 10 people around here that you, you done offended. Okay. What you give, you will get back more. Let, let, me, let me give you an illustration. Let me help you guys out. Some parents complain, just some parents, not all parents, but some parents complain about their children's lack of, dis, uh, their lack of obedience. Don't look at your kids. Don't look at your kids. Don't turn around and look at your kids. But some parents, I listen, they talk about how their kids are disobedient. They don't listen. They do this. They do that. And the parents are complaining about it. Guess what? Probably because they're getting it from their parents. I don't want to hear that. I just don't understand why little Bobby is so disobedient. Well, maybe because the parents are so disobedient. And because the little Bobby is being disobedient, the parents going get, to get it good measured, pressed down, shaking together, and running over, shall men or their children give back to them. Did, did I step on toes here? Let's just be honest, because some, even some of us sometimes, you know, in, in our disobedience, sometimes we don't realize how disobedient we are, and we're trying to figure out why our children are so disobedient. It's because they learned it from us, and because they learned it from us, they're going to give back to you that which you're giving back to God. Okay, I'll stop. Where was I? Where was I at? So now that we're talking about the heart. Let's talk about generosity. Let's talk about giving. How can we develop a heart of generosity? We've got to look at that, amen? Turn to Philippians 2, 3 through 4. I'm going to read this from the English Standard Version. It says this, do nothing from self, selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna, I'll read that again. Maybe I stuttered. Maybe I left a word out. I don't know. Just, just for your hearing. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. 
So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about it's a heart. It's all about your heart. We're going to talk about how to deal or how to make and develop a part of your heart. And the first thing that we need to deal with today is we need to deal, number one, with a selfish heart. We need to deal with a selfish heart. 1 Corinthians 10 and 24 says this, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Listen, why did God create giving, saints? Why did, why did he create it? He didn't create giving for you to support his work. I want you guys to understand this. For the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about a blessed life. A blessed life. And we're going to talk about this, especially this whole part. It's all about your heart. God created giving, but he, he, he created giving not for you to support his work because that's what you hear all the time when you're at church. God did not give, create giving for his sake. He did it for ours. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Giving more than any other activity works selfishness and greed out of all of us and allows us to have the DNA of God. I will. Thank you. <laughs> Giving more than any other activity works selfishness and greed out of all of us and allows us to have the DNA of God. The DNA of God. You know what the DNA of God is? Giving. God wants, we're Christians, right? And Christians mean I'm Christ-like. And when you're talking about Christ-like, we're talking about God. And if you want to be like God, then you got to give. But so many Christians want to be like God because they just want to have the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, wait. Was that the tree that somebody ate from? Even Adam gave before he took from the tree because he gave Eve his rib. He gave. But then you turn around and he gave up his authority. He gave up his authority. He took from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. But we still have that ability. God says, listen, I want to work this DNA into you so that I can get this sin out of you. Listen, most preaching that you're going to hear if you are in church for two minutes, <laughs> most preach, preaching you hear is give to get. Yeah. Yeah. Now, give to get is, is, is a concept of the devil. <laughs> Listen, give to get is a concept of the devil. Why? What is it? Do thy will. Is, is it do, the, do, do what thy will, which means do whatever you want to do. That's not a process of giving. That's a process of getting. But what we have done is we've taken that principle and intertwined it into God's word. And I'm just letting you know right now that 0.1% of a lie makes the whole truth a lie. Give to get. When to give to get means this, because I have a need, I'm going to sow a seed. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry that I'm messing up with you, some, of your, some of your theology. I'm sorry that some men of God have sat down and, and given you scripture way out of context. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't. I, a matter of fact, as a pastor, uh, um, I'm here as an elder of a church, of a man of God. I, I please ask all of you to forgive the pastors that have been teaching you this, this, this untruth. I will watch it on CBN or TBN or whatever it is, and people are talking about, listen, if you just sow, sow one seed and a seed and this and seed, and you get a seed, then God will give to you. That's not what the, the Bible specifically says, that you should not give out of necessity. Don't give out a necessity. Look, God is the one that takes care of you. If God tells you to give, it's not because you have a need. 
It's because he's trying to work selfishness out of you. Sowing the seed for what you need. I could really see that. I, I, think about this. This is, this, is what God, this is what God's saying right now. God's saying this. Great. My people are getting the revelation of getting. Do you think God thinks that? God's not, he's not looking at you going, yeah, give a seed for what you need. I'm so glad that you gotten the revelation of getting. No. God said, I'm trying to get you to give the, get the revelation of giving, to have a heart of generosity, to deal with this selfish heart that we have. Because every time we give, every time, every time we give for what we we every time we sow a seed for what we need, we're only doing it because we need something for ourselves. How many times have we got on our knees and, and said, God, um, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and sow a financial seed because I know that if, if, if I sow in a, in a hundreds, I'll get a thousands. And if I sow in a thousand, I'll get 10,000. And if I sow in 10,000, I'll get a hundred thousand. No! What we do is if God tells us, and God says, I want you to do it willingly, not begrudgingly. If you just want to give out of every man, every man should, in, in his own heart should decide what he should give. The Lord will speak to him. That's how you do it. Why? Because, you know, there's times I've, I've seen it. People have given my God everything they ever had. There, there's this one story I heard about this, this one lady. It, she was a widow. She was she was by herself. She didn't even have a husband. She, she didn't even have a bank account. She had no way of, 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 of making her money, but she stood in line to give everything she had. And when she gave everything, she, as a matter of fact, there's a difference in giving everything you had and giving all your living. The difference is giving all you had means eventually the stimulus check comes or, or the welfare check comes or somebody's going to give her money, and, but, but she gave everything that she had. Why? Because she got the revelation of giving. But then you get people in the line that will give what they can and sparingly because they need to sow a seed for what they need. Just by the way, I'm talking about the widow and her two mites. And God asked, he said, who, who gave more? Is it the person that gave all the money, the whole bag, shh, or is it the one that gave everything? Just, just to let you guys know, we don't know what happened to her life in that story of the widow. But there's one thing that we do know, that she will live on until the Bible is closed forever. We know the story of the widow. We don't know the story of some of these other people, but we know the story about her. Oh, you guys. That's huge. God knows. See, her name is there. It's a, that's her name. Her name was just the widow. So, number one, we must deal with a selfish heart. And number two, we need to deal with a grieving heart. Deuteronomy 15 and 10, it says, you shall, give, you, should, you shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all which you put your hand. A grieving heart. You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved. Hmm. You guys, any of you guys that, that like to take notes, get ready for this one. You ready? Selfishness attacks us before we give, and grief attacks us after we give. <laughs> Selfishness attacks us before we give, and grief attacks us after we give. What, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. Selfishness attacks us before we give. Let me, let me start. We'll just start right there. Selfishness attacks us. How does it attack us? It attacks us because we, we try to decide about, well, you know, I did, you know, I have this money, so I want to get this for myself. And when you start thinking about self, that's the attack. When you start thinking about yourself, you, you're not thinking about anything else. You're not, you're, not, you're not thinking about the church. You're not thinking about a, a, a guy on the street. You're not thinking about 
uh, whatever, you're thinking about yourself first because, you know, doesn't the Bible say that you need to, you need to love yourself more than your neighbor? But I got that backwards. Love your neighbor as yourself. But I still got to love myself before my neighbor. Am I right? No. I hope you guys listen. But selfishness attacks us before we give. Now, here's the big thing. Grief attacks us after we give. Especially when somebody sits down and says, hey, this is what's going on. The church is doing this because, you know, maybe the building Christian fellowship, God placed in our heart that we're going to go buy some land somewhere. We're going to build something real good. And this is the need. This is what God has for us in the church and this and that. That's what we're going to do, blah, blah, blah. And then you go, man, wow. I want to be a part of that because God gives us the, the DNA. And then all of a sudden you go, you know, I want to give. I want to give. And, and your selfishness at that time is great. But then after you give, all of a sudden the grief happens because you already wrote the check. And then all of a sudden, as you're on your way home, you start hearing your, and you have to pull over because your car stopped working. You guys with me? Now you found out your car is broken down, and now you need to get your car fixed. And the first thing, what do you say after that? Man, I wish I had that money <laughs> that I just gave to the church. Grief! It never happened to you? Has it, has it ever happened to anybody? Many times, you guys, grief hits us when we go and do things for God. We'll do something big. You know, God will touch your heart and everything is great, and, you know, you, 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 you conquered in, uh, the selfishness part. You want to do something because God has placed in your heart to do something and just for, for great for the kingdom, and then all of a sudden, right afterwards, it seems like grief comes, and that grief only comes because all of a sudden now something else you want. For instance, you have to get your fix your car. Something in the house gets broken, broken down. Your, 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 night, your, your shoes get messed up. Your skates guys are skating. You need, need new skates. I, grief attacks us. Now, watch this. God isn't grieving because you decided to give, your, give the church your money. God is, not, God is not grieving because you gave your money to the church. The reason we grieve when we give is because we thought it was ours. What do you mean ours? Let me say that again. The reason we grieve when we give is because we thought it was ours. What do you mean ours? We thought the money that we gave was ours. Man, let me help you out with a scripture. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything I have is God's. And when I start giving, the reason why I get grief or I get greed for giving is because I think what I gave was mine. All of it's God's. Well, pastor, I thought the Bible says that we only have to give 10%. No. That's going to be later on in a couple of weeks. But some of us sit down and we go, wait a minute. God just, he just, he allows us, he allows us the 10%. But God says, no, I want you to be able to know that all of this is mine. I don't care what you think you've worked for. It's all mine. I just require of you the 10% to redeem that which you have already. Did you, we, we're talking about redemption. The number 10 is a, is a number of redemption. God just wants to redeem a little bit part of what's his, and then he, we have to turn around and ask God instead of going, well, you know, 90% is mine. No, God says this. No, you need to pray about what you do with the 90%. So when we give back to God what is already is his, we don't grieve over it. When God says something like, you know, when God pricks in your heart to give, it's like this is God's anyway. But we got to deal with this grieving heart. So first, we must deal with the selfish heart. That's number one. Uh, Number two, we must deal with a grieving heart. And number three, we must develop a generous heart. Number two, I mean, uh, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, 3, 1, and 2. 
But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Woo! My God. God wants us to be generous, but we are born selfish. We are born selfish. How do I know? Glad you asked. You guys are asking a lot of questions today. It is in our sin nature not to share. I don't even know why some kids are selfish. Let me, I just, you know, as a pastor, I got to use my family. Let me talk about my granddaughter, Mariah. A little busy, but. You guys, she was a single child for a couple years. And because she's a single child, not only is she a single child, she's like the only grandchild. So, you know, the only grandchild gets, yes, get everything, Right? She gets everything, but then all of a sudden, well, matter of fact, before, before uh, little John Bobby came up, she, she, even with me, I would want something, and she'd be like, no. She would not share anything that she had. It was hers, and it was in her nature to hold and hoard whatever she had or she was, it was given to her. And then as, as she grew, getting a little older, now she has a little brother, and now she has to learn how to share. Well, praise God. She's now learning how to share, but before that, everything was hers, hers. Do you guys realize that that's what we do? It's in our, in our, in our nature, as a sin nature, that we want to hoard and take everything for ourselves. That's what you see what's going on in the world today. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the world world, I'm talking about the Christian world. Do you know that all of us should be able, the Bible said in, in Acts, if I'm correct, Acts chapter 3, where it said that they were all, had all things in common, all were together, they broke bread from house to house, they shared everything and everybody, listen, and nobody had a need for anything. Why? Because everybody helped each other out. But what's happened in the church nowadays is people are a little bit quick to hold on to what they got. Yeah, mine. God wants us to be like him and share what we have with our other brothers and sisters. That's the way God planned it for his family. He wants us all to be in a place where we can help each other out. Please, don't get this uh, confused. Oh, see, I'm, I'm getting political. Don't get this confused with welfare. Because the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Let's, let's get the scripture together. Look, everybody in here should pull their own weight. Everybody should do what they should do. But I, that doesn't mean that I need to take everything just to give you something because you need to carry your own weight just like everybody else does. Okay? Just wanted to, to, to put that out there. God planned for his family to be together and share so that we can all work together and deal with this uh, heart of generosity or uh, to develop a, a heart of generosity. And as I close, first, we must deal with the selfish heart. Second, we must deal with a grieving heart. Third, we must develop, develop a generous heart. And finally, the last thing we must do is develop a grateful heart. First Thessalonians 5 and 18. In everything, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When you have a grateful heart, listen, saints, when you have a grateful heart, you appreciate what you have and not regret, regret what you lost. 
I didn't hear one amen. Thank you. When you have a grateful heart, you appreciate what you have and not regret what you lost. A grateful heart keeps us out of familiar. Well, what does that mean? That's, another, that's a whole other message. But sometimes we get so familiar where we're at, we literally are just like, you know, I'm familiar at this place. I'm familiar right here. But God says, no, your future doesn't look like this. But when we get so familiar where we're at, we forget about what we have and not look forward to what God has for us. When your heart is ungrateful, you're going to miss out on what's really important. Saints of God, as gratitude increases, as gratitude increases, rejoicing increases. As, as gratitude increases, prayerfulness increases. As gratitude increases, humility increases. Developing a grateful heart is the will of God for you in Jesus Christ. As a pastor, you know what you guys come to me sometimes for counseling? I don't know the will of God for my life. Pastor, what is the will of God for my life? I, I, you know, people always talk about uh, I, the will of God for me is I want to be a, a preacher. I, I want to be a missionary. I, I want to be this. That's, no, 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 no. That's, that's not the will of God for you. Your, your plan and your purpose and what God has for you is different than the will of God for you. I, I'm teaching right now. You're going, no, 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 no. God says developing this heart is the will of God for you in Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 through 16, or 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is God's will that you rejoice always. It is God's will for you to praise without ceasing. It is literally God's will for you to give thanks in everything. Not some things. Can, can I be honest? My heart became ungrateful when I was laying When I laid in a hospital bed, I become ungrateful. I didn't realize it because I started looking at what I lost instead of what I have. And because I was looking at, uh, because I was being ungrateful for what I had, I stopped rejoicing because I was ungrateful. I stopped praying because I was ungrateful. I wasn't giving God thanks. Therefore, I was out of the will of God. then when God reminded me of the goodness of God when I started thinking that I couldn't even remember some people's names or what a chair was I, 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 I couldn't speak well and I couldn't do anything but when I started thinking about the goodness of God and all that he's done for me. I began to rejoice. And when that joy started 
coming up. I was like, look, I may not be able to talk right now. I may not be able to tell you what a chair is, but I do know that God has been good. He's been good to me. And then I started rejoicing. And then when I started rejoicing, I started giving God praise. And I started just beginning to pray to God like, God, I don't know what the future holds for me, but I do know that what your word says, that you, you came to give me and, and expecting me. I know the plans that I have for you, John. I know the plans that I have for myself, but God is the one that had my, the plans in my life. So I started praying. And I started giving God thanks because I had a, a beautiful family, a beautiful wife, and beautiful children. I had a grandchild. I, I had people around me. Everything that God had given me, everything that God had given me, I realized. My voice my, my mind, my house, my wife, my kids, the ministry, grandkids, everything I get, get, everything that God had given me, I lost. But I didn't have a problem with giving it back to God because it wasn't mine anyway. You didn't catch that. I love my wife, but she's not mine. She belongs to God. I love this ministry. I love this ministry. I love the building, but it's not mine. It belongs to God. I love my children, but they're not mine. They belong to God. And when I stop taking ownership and just start taking stewardship over it, that's when I can release and give it to God. That's when I can build up a heart of generosity. God, you gave them to me, but it don't belong to me. It belongs to you. For the, for the earth is the fullness thereof of God. All of it belongs to God. So how do we fix our heart? We have to deal with the selfish heart. We have to deal with the grieving heart. We have to develop a generous heart. And we have to deal and develop a grateful heart. Saints of God, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. deal with a broken heart? <laughs> How do you deal with a broken heart? First of all, listen, listen to my words when I say this. When people give their lives to Christ, they say they give their heart to Jesus. A lot of times we have a broken heart because we've kept our, our heart to ourselves. Now, let's be honest. Yes, I've had my heart broken, but God's the one that heals. He's close to them who are brokenhearted and to those that are in a contrite spirit. God said, I'll be close to you. So listen, rejoicing doesn't always mean that you're running around happy. Rejoicing is just is, is the, is the, the method of getting joy back into your life. If I'm, if I'm absent of joy, I need to rejoice. I need to refill. And God says, listen, because you're broke, your heart's broken, give your heart to me. 
give it to him. And then God says, and I will give you a new heart. God is, is, is here to, to take that, that heart and, and, and put it, all these pieces back together. He's the potter and we are the clay. But we have to learn how to rejoice. Listen, and then pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. You know, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing but in all things. Give unto prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Pray without ceasing. With giving unto prayer, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. That broken heart, whatever you're dealing with, the broken heart, give it to Jesus. Pray, you rejoice, you pray, and give thanks. Sometimes we just got to give God thanks and praise when we give him our heart. We got to just look at him and go, you know, God, thank you. Thank you that I actually experienced a broken heart because now I can have a whole heart. Now I understand what it's like to be brokenhearted, but now I know to be wholehearted again. So I thank you and God, fill me with your, 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 your renew me with joy again. God is going to fix our heart. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let me just pray real quick because I just feel that during this time, saints of God, and those of you that are listening to our message, yes, I know we're talking about the blessed life and it's all about the heart, but there's this time, whether you're at home, whether you're at work, you're on or here at the building, wherever you're at, there's a time right now for ministry, ministry. And now I'm not talking about someone come laying hands on you and doing all that. Right now is a time for you to sit at the feet of Jesus. Now's a time for you to, 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 to hear what he's saying. To put your ear to his heart and his chest. To hear the heartbeat of the Lord. To get the heartbeat of the Father. So we're going to pray, and I'm going to excuse you guys, please. If you, if you guys are waiting, and once I'm done praying, you could please dismiss quietly. But those that are here um, are either at home or before your, your computer, whatever it is, just, just let the Lord minister to you during this time. Praise God. Um, thank you for joining us. Praise God. But, and you guys go, God, but let me just pray us out. Amen. And then uh, Sister Atira, um, will you just... That song is beautiful right now that you're you're hearing from God. So let's let's just uh, pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now. Lord, I thank you for your words that you've given us today. And we'll take this word and hide it in our heart that we might not sin against you. God, I I even pray that the words that you've, you've given us today, that by your spirit, you will bring back to our remembrance the things that you said to us in our heart. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace in this time of need. And Lord, for those that are listening, anybody that may not know you, I just pray right now that they will get to know you, that they will receive you as Lord and Savior of their life. Lord, I thank you that they could repent of their sins. I thank you for the opportunity to do life with you and your body. God, I thank you that us even being wicked by nature, Lord, that you as a father will give us what we, the, the Holy Spirit, if we ask. So we even ask right now, Lord, that you will baptize us. Woo. That you will baptize us with your spirit. Fill us afresh right now, God. Fill us afresh right now, God. That by your spirit, we will be able to walk every crooked path that is before us, that you will make it straight, that we will acknowledge you in everything that we do. And we thank you for that right now. God, we thank you that you have given us strength during these days, that we will be strong and courageous. We will be of good courage for the Lord God is with us through everything that we do. So we thank you for this, Lord. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you guys.
That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.